You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's topic is entitled Moses. Hello my radio friends. I'm so glad you've joined me today for more from God's Word, the Bible. Many people are fascinated by Egyptology. It is the study of things to do with ancient Egypt. But do you know that the Bible has quite a lot to say about Egypt? In Exodus chapter 2 is the story of a Hebrew boy who lived a remarkable life. This boy was born in Egypt, quite possibly, according to some Egyptologists, during the reign of Tutankhamun. Because of the massive increase of Hebrew children when the Hebrews lived in the Upper Nile Delta, the king pronounced a general order that all baby boys born to the Hebrews should be thrown into the River Nile as an offering to the river god known as Hapi. At that time, the Hebrews were being used as slaves to build some of the large Egyptian infrastructure projects. The baby in question was born and secretly hidden for three months by his mother. But when she could no longer hide him, she made a basket out of reeds and coated it with pitch to waterproof it and placed it with him inside in the River Nile in a patch of papyrus reeds that were plentiful in that area. As well as that, the baby sister Miriam was to keep watch to see that no harm came to her little brother. It so happened that the royal princess regularly came near that spot to bathe and worship. As she and her attendants were walking along the river bank, the princess noticed the basket and ordered one of her attendants to fetch it. Inside they discovered the three-month-old baby, who, she realised, was a Hebrew child. The princess decided to adopt the baby. Now Miriam pops up and asks the princess if she would like someone to look after the baby for her. The princess agreed and offered to pay for the baby's care until he was old enough to live in the royal palace. So the little boy's mother was paid to rear her own child under the protection of the princess. The princess named the baby Happy Mose, which went which meant the one given to me by the river Nile. But the boy preferred the name Moses, which meant drawn out of the river. I'm confident that Moses' mother taught him about God and all she could about Hebrew beliefs and culture in the years she had him with her. At the age of 12, Moses was required to live, required to live in the royal palace and grew up in the highest society in Egypt. He was educated and groomed to become a future Egyptian king. In that, he learned the history, culture and military arts of the Egyptians. 
But Moses did not forget his Hebrew beliefs and heritage, and it frustrated him that his people were abusively treated by the Egyptians while he lived with all the privileges of Egyptian royalty. While he was still a young man, probably about 40 years old, he came across an Egyptian slave master severely flogging one of his people, a Hebrew slave. Moses was so angry at the harsh treatment that he took matters into his own hands. He killed the slave master and buried the body in the sand. But secret eyes were watching. The following morning, Moses tried to intervene between two Hebrews who were fighting. But as recorded in Exodus chapter 2 verse 14, one of the men said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? At that moment, Moses realised the crime he had committed earlier had become known. So, in order to save his own life, he fled from Egypt to the desert region of Midian, in what is now known as Western Saudi Arabia. Now, here is something very interesting. It seems that Moses had come to realise that what happened to him from babyhood was that God intended to use him to liberate the Hebrews from Egypt. And, as is often the case with young men, he began to revel in his own importance, hence the killing of the Egyptian slave master. Moses was well-educated, important, powerful in influence and powerful in strength. But he had become proud, and although God intended for him to lead his people out of Egypt, God's purposes cannot be carried out by self-important, proud people. Moses needed to learn humility, and life in Midian was just the experience he needed. In Midian, he wasn't the prince living in luxury and privilege. He became a nobody, a fugitive. Desperate and needy, Moses found himself sitting at a well where water was drawn out for human use as well as to water the flocks. A certain Midianite holy man, Jethro, Jethro had seven daughters who came down to water their flocks. But then other male shepherds came with the intention of chasing the women away in order to water their flocks first. Moses was indignant at the injustice and he drove the shepherds away instead and he helped the women to water their flocks. Now, one may wonder how come one man, a foreigner, against a group of local shepherds could be so effective. But we need to recognise Moses would have been trained in the military arts. He may have been a commander in the Egyptian army and possibly had been an expert in martial arts. As such, he would have been a powerful man, 
a fighter, so the Midianite shepherds would have been no match for him. The outcome of all that was that Moses married Zipporah, one of the seven daughters of Jethro, and had two sons by her. And for forty years he lived as a shepherd in Midian. You see, God intended that Moses would do a great work for him, but Moses needed to learn humility. He needed to realise that a leader must also be a servant. Moses needed to learn to lead people as a shepherd leads his sheep, gently, humbly and courageously. Moses, the once proud, privileged, powerful Egyptian prince, needed to become a humble servant of the highest commander, God. For approximately 40 years, Moses was a shepherd in Midian. But as a shepherd, he gradually learned to trust God and to be humble. This was almost a prince to pauper experience. Back in Egypt, life was tough for the Hebrew people. Exodus chapter 2 verses 22 to 25 explain. It says, During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. When we experience hardship, God is moved. He's not indifferent to us. He's not up there in heaven leaving us to deal with our problems all on our own. Just like with the Israelites, he is willing to help and he understands what we have to go through. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 15 and 16 explains clearly how God feels about us. It says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with confidence. But sometimes God cannot deal with our problems immediately. Sometimes things need time to work out to a point where God can act effectively, as was the case with Moses and the Israelites. God had been preparing this man, Moses, in order to free the Israelite people. Now the time was ripe. Now was the time to act. One day, as Moses was out in the countryside tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, something grabbed his attention. It appeared to be a fire, although there had been no lightning, lightning strikes. Filled with curiosity, Moses approached the fire that seemed to be isolated to just one bush. Strangely, 
the bush was not consumed by the fire. And when Moses was quite near, a voice rang out from the bush. And I'm reading from Exodus 3, verses 3 through to 6. The voice said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. Then God explained that he had seen all the injustice and cruelty the Israelite people were forced to bear because of their slavery to the Egyptians. Then God announced, and this is from verse 10, chapter 3, So now, go, I am sending you to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Then Moses said words that must have pleased God immensely, for Moses was being prepared for such a moment as this. And this reminds me of another Bible character, Esther. Esther was a Hebrew girl who was chosen to be queen of the powerful king Xerxes. The Prime Minister Haman hatched up a plot to destroy all the Israelites in the Medo-Persian Empire. Mordecai, Esther's cousin, heard about the plot, then announced to her, and this is what he said, And who knows but that you have come to the royal position for such a time as this. That's from Esther chapter 4 and verse 14. Esther was instrumental in saving her people. We're going to have a break here and we'll go on with the rest straight afterwards.
Moses. Exodus chapter 3 verse 11 says, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Now you notice Moses did not say, Okay God, I've been waiting for a long time to show how good I am. I'm ready to reveal my abilities. I'll fix those Egyptians once and for all. In my own life, I recognize there have been many times when I wanted God to do things for me and I prayed to that effect. It was me who tried to manipulate God. But I've since come to realize that I had it all wrong. What God requires is our full commitment to him and let him use us to do his will. Unless we come to the place where we're prepared to be humble, to let go and let God, we shouldn't expect too much. Moses had come to the place in his life where instead of relying on his own strength and abilities, he recognised his need of God's guidance and God's strength. After making excuses why he would not be an effective leader, Moses asked for a sign that God would be with him, that the Israelites would believe that he, Moses, was the person chosen by God to free them of their slavery. The Bible continues the story in Exodus chapter 4. It says this, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? And then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake, and he ran away from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. You know, 
Exodus is a thrilling book. I recommend you read it. And if you have read it, why don't you read it again? In there you will discover that God did marvellous miracles to save a whole nation of people because one man, that's God's man, Moses, was prepared to be used in his master's service. Moses is mentioned in that great honour role of God's faithful people through the ages. Hebrews 11. In verses 24 to 27, it has this to say. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a thought short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. That's God, of course. God did not use Moses to lead his people to freedom. Sorry, I'm going to say that again. God did use Moses to lead his people to freedom. And there were many times when Moses was frustrated. There were many hardships in the desert experience. There were many shortages of food and water. There were times when some of the people rebelled and wanted to choose different leaders. There were times when Moses was fed up with the uncooperative attitudes of the people, but he persevered and continued to faithfully do what God had called him to do. There was one time when God was very angry with the people he was trying to save. This was when the law was given at Mount Sinai, when Moses was up in the mountain with the Lord. While their leader was away, the people were impatient and turned back to the idolatrous Egyptian ways and made an idol, a golden calf, and worshipped it. Moses intervened with the Lord and tried him to prevent him from annihilating the people. Exodus chapter 32 Verses 31 and 32 records what took place. It says, So Moses went back to the Lord and said, Oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They have made themselves gods of gold. But now, please forgive their sin. But if not, then block me out of the book you have written. What a long way this man, Moses, had come. Once he was a spoiled brat, a prince in a very powerful empire. He was once a murderer. He was once someone who lived in the midst of a pagan, idol-worshipping nation. He was once proud and self-sufficient and took matters into his own hands. 
but God saw in him someone who would be of great benefit to humanity. You know, you too could be a modern-day Moses. Yes, you might have done things that you're not proud of. You might have committed heinous sins. You might have been someone who thought you could do it your way. Despite all that, God can use you. Moses submitted to God, and that's what we need to do. It's no good asking God to do stuff to bring about or add to our possessions, our convenience, or comfort, or whatever. First, we must submit ourselves to him. We must realize that we are nothing without the Lord. We, like Moses, need to become humble. Then God can work out his goodwill in us and through us. When we submit and then commit to God and reach out for his guidance and desire his will to be done in our lives, we too may have our names written in God's book, the book of life. We too may be in God's honour roll of faithful people through the ages. Friends, I hope this brief sketch of the life of the man of God, Moses, may inspire you to submit and commit to the Lord. I hope Moses' example may help you become someone of whom it might be said, he or she was born for such a moment as this. Allow God to prepare you for some great work. Until next time then, this is Len signing off and wishing you a grand experience with the Lord.